Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Whoops, I can't hear him. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear him either. You got to unplug your mic and then plug it back in. How many times does Channing say that every episode? <laughs> you know, it's a running joke now. Jerry, remember when I told you that I, I log on early just to make sure all the mic and the video and everything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's for these guys. <laughs> oh, it's for us. It's for it's for the dumb ones in this group. Yeah, no. Hey, how are you? What's the hey, you. It has to be your AirPods. <laughs> Jerry, you, you, 70, you may be 77, Jerry, but at least we can hear you. We can see you. You've got this <laughs> thing figured out. <laughs> yeah, I think he's on mute. Yeah, you are on mute, Rich. At, at the bottom of the screen. Here, Here we go. Can you hear go. me now? Can you yeah, hear me now? now? Yay. <laughs> yes. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome into this edition of Road Tripping presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Alec Lifton, alongside Richard Jefferson, Channing Fry. Uh, our guest this week is used to being on this side of the mic, has more experience than the three of us combined, and that's a compliment uh, when it comes to this space. He is a cultural and civic icon. He wears many hats, and we have all the stories to dive into with him now. His name is Jerry Springer, and we welcome him. To yes. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Sure, I will say when it was a uh, possibility or it was being thrown around to have you as a guest, none of us thought that was real. Um, and then when we no, found out that you would it. like to join us, Richard, his response was, this is a dream come true. <laughs> oh, man. You can get help, Richard. No, yeah. I, I, it, well, yeah. you know what it is for me? For many, yeah. here, for many yeah. years, I thought I was going to be able to come on your show and get oh, yeah help that i needed but it just yeah. the quality I, I was, help that's the, the quality word. the quality help yeah the quality well i just when i would watch the show growing up i just was like see those are my people though those people yeah. get it yeah. those people understand uh no so this is this is so much fun like whenever i, I never to... i never knew that one of them would become president yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll, I'll stay away from that. No, no. You're <laughs> fine. Okay. We can edit that, it afterwards. We'll edit that, it No, afterwards. no, that's fine. Hey, look, look. That's that's just, <laughs> hey, look. Jerry Springer have, shooting shots. Yeah. <laughs> I have this question, though. 
of all your episodes, right? Yeah. Which one? Okay, because I have the one episode where I think you had the Klansman that was there who got the chair thrown at him. Yeah. That was like, that was to me the the episode of episodes, right? That was like pure well, WWE. Uh, that that was our first fight. Oh. It, uh, and it, it was early on and it broke out into a fight with people yeah. in the audience. And uh, we did not have security because who ever heard of having security on a talk show, you know? Right. Yeah. And then literally a riot broke out. And for 15 <laughs> minutes, it's, it was uncontrollable. Oh. And every one of us thought that that's the end of the show. I mean, we'll be off the network, period. Because back then, to fight on television, and they were really hurting each other. Yeah. The next day, we uh, hired security. And Steve, who now has his own show, Steve yeah. Wilkos, uh, he was hired the next day and brought a bunch of the uh, his buddies with him. And that became our security. So that really was the first fight. That so was, I, that... I remember that show as well. Yeah. So what year was that? Uh, 90. Two probably two oh, ninety two yeah. or ninety three yeah. yeah we I started in ninety one it's been thirty years yeah yeah I, I was eleven years old when that got started and I remember yeah. when I got to like fourteen fifteen probably at your guys's when you guys were really starting to hit that that crazy peak it yeah. was like there was like it was just such a controversial show it was like there was parents that didn't want their kids watching the show and there was oh, this yeah, it was like yeah. it was like wait, wait guys you realize this is on in the middle of the day like what kids are home watching this yeah. stuff like what i didn't understand that art that for me was like when i first started that argument about well you know parents and kids and you're like well this isn't for children they should be at school at yeah. noon on a tuesday yeah i couldn't i couldn't even admit to my own family that i was doing the show they <laughs> They don't know I'm Jerry Springer. I told them I sell insurance. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 didn't. Yeah, last. They think I'm an insurance salesman. They don't know I'm doing that. That show was awful. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have no. to get in. We also have to get into your your new show that you're currently doing. You just got picked up for a third season in the midst of season two, Judge Jerry. But before we do, because Channing brought that up and it's awesome, we actually take callers for road tripping. Um, and so I remind people six five seven five call RT. Uh, you can leave us voicemails. You can send us text messages. And I do have a text message from someone, um, Mark from Cleveland. He asked you, do you know whatever happened to the man who lived in a box in 2001 that was trying to win the love of his life back? And he actually sent the link <laughs> and I watched the clip. Yeah. Because um, he said, <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't convince his wife to take him back, then he was going to become your problem. <laughs> Uh, well, apparently his wife took him back because he hasn't been my problem. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go, no, Mark. I, you know what? I actually kind of remember that. I, I honestly don't remember how it turned out, but I do remember we had a guy who uh, lived lived in a box, and he was doing it in a sense as a protest. I'll pull it up. For uh, you. <laughs> oh come on, man! Yeah. This. Like, did did you have any idea the cultural <laughs> impact that you were gonna have on the on this planet for the next thirty years? Because now I feel like, with the internet and with memes and with jokes and with like all of these random videos, like I go back to like your show and like what you guys were doing as like as one of the first that was kind of like, no, we're gonna show you. There's a lot of weird people in this country. <laughs> yeah, uh, we 
the show was put on purely for entertainment. I mean, mm -hmm. there was no social purpose to it. Uh, it was just an escape. But it turned out to have some social significance because it really was the first time that up until that time, American television was upper middle class white people. And uh, period, whether it was the Friends or Seinfeld or Frasier, that's what was on television. And then with our show, all of, if you were, for example, a minority, you had to be on one of the side networks. But our show really was, it turned out to be the first show where we saw a different part of America. Uh, just as many people out there that aren't rich, that aren't necessarily white, that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, upper middle class or living in posh apartments or something. And yeah. I think people were shocked by that. I, I don't think anybody saw something on the show, if you're a grown up, that you didn't know exists in the world. We all knew that. But we'd never seen it before on television. If it was no. television and you were husband and wife, you slept in separate beds. I mean, it was a totally different culture then. Yeah. I remember we had protests outside our studio the first year we did the show because we did a show on interracial dating. Yes. Uh, and there were protests. Do you remember this, Channing? Yeah, because I grew up in Arizona. Like, look, look at me, dog. What's up? Yeah. And, 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 and you know, and by the from Chandler, Arizona, I'll tell you that. And then 20 years into the show, we have a president who was the product of an interracial marriage. So it, it's like how the culture has changed. But I yeah. think that was the shock effect, what you're referring to in the early 90s. That was shocking. Now you go on the, you know, you go on social media. Nothing on our show was shocking no. compared no. to what's in social media. You know, well, you, you, you help, you help like desensitize people to the world that was coming. Right. I'm so sorry. No, because listen, without you, if the, in, the internet, what, you know, it's like, there's a difference between getting punched when you're ready for it. And when you're punched and you're not looking, you yeah. prepared us for a punch that we were looking for. We were like, well, we know these crazy people exist, right? Yeah. Like we've been watching Springer our whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll write that on my tombstone. Oh. <laughs> I prepared you for the punches. <laughs> oh, okay. But I won't be right back. But you won't be, but I will not be right back. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I have a question. Like you have, you have, you are a cultural icon. You have seen it all. You have done it all. Has there ever, what was the moment? Cause I know everyone has it when you, Springer was blowing up, you were blowing up. And whether it was a celebrity that came up and was like a crazy fan or something, was there like a really weird moment where you're just like, okay, this is, this is definitely, this is very, very different. For me, there were three, and I don't know which came first, but there were three things that happened when I started to think this is out of control. You know, this is not yeah. what, I wasn't prepared to be well-known. That wasn't what my life was about. And it was uh, appearing on the cover of Rolling Stone, the Flint being on the Flintstones. Oh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, and passing Oprah in the ratings. Those, <laughs> when, when we did that, then I started to think, uh, you know, th this show is... Uh, 
yeah, this this show is going someplace. <laughs> were you were you afraid were you afraid of the attention that you were not when I obviously it's not the attention, but it's like when you pass Oprah, you're like, okay, the more people that are watching this, this the substance of our show isn't going to change. But were you ever like a little worried because there were so many people watching? Um the honest answer is no. And but but I think the serious answer to all that thing about suddenly becoming well-known, I think age matters. In other words, uh, and, and this is true in sports or show business or Hollywood, when people get to be famous when they're young, really young, some of people have difficulty putting it in perspective. They believe all the hype. They believe, you know, when wonderful things are said about you, it, it, it can go to your head because you don't realize they're loving the, the actor they see in the movie, uh, but they don't know you personally. They're not in your life. But if you've already lived a life, and by the time I got into show business, I had already lived a life as a, as a, law, as a politician, as a, you know, a mayor or whatever, and then a news anchor. So I kind of knew what life was about. So when I suddenly became famous because of a silly show yeah it wasn't like oh gosh I must be special you know I, I mean I knew I, I always know this show was stupid it was fun to do <laughs> but the show's stupid and and that kind of keeps you I think that keeps you balanced and I think that is you know when we see these young stars getting in trouble oftentimes it's because they've spent every penny they've made they've they surround themselves with 20 personal guards they walk around you know with a posse and you know that's not a normal life yeah if, you know my advice would always be keep the friends you had before you were famous yeah. you know because they liked you because of who you were not because of how well known you are you know yeah. Jerry, that's, that's, before that's my the... final thought <laughs> <laughs> it will be right so back. like before you know, yeah. Before you would do a show, right? Would they prepare you like this is what we're going to talk about today? Or did you have to go out there with your cue cards? Like how much was the preparation? And then were you like, guys, I'm not doing this today. Like I'm not going out there with A, B, C, D. This is going to be pandemonium, right? I'm not telling okay. this man who's the been answer, married to a woman, you know. Yeah. This wants to go marry a horse. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was my favorite show. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the answer may surprise you, but I was never allowed to know what the show was about. What? So when you see me carrying a card, when you see me carrying a card, all the card had on it were the names of the guests. And my job was to ask questions that you would ask sitting at home watching and then make jokes. So that's why every segment always started with me saying, so what's going on? I'd introduce the person and I'd say, so what's going on? And then the person would start with their story. And I would then have to, you know, it move it along, ask questions that you'd be asking and then make, I have to make jokes about it. That's what they were really paying me for. So, uh, but yeah, so I never, so there's zero preparation in terms of the show. Now I had to be alert while it was going on. Otherwise it would just be, you know, boring. it could really yeah. be boring. So I had to keep it going, but I never knew the subject. If I knew what it was about, I'd never come in. 
The show was are the, stupid. Are the, I'm not going, the, I'm not going the, in there. I could get hurt. <laughs> were the cases real? Not like cases. Oh, were the stories real? Yeah, they had to be. The lawyers were all over it. Now, what? I'm sure I, we did 5,000 shows. And I'm sure in the 5,000 shows, we didn't catch some people who were making something up. But before the show, you would be in the room with the lawyers and the camera on. And you had to testify and sign because otherwise you'd be legally liable. And that scared a bunch of people off. That's how we caught a lot of people that were making up a story because they suddenly saw this is not worth it. But no one came on the show to be famous because they didn't, we didn't use their real names. So it wasn't that. It's they, they were fans of the show and they just wanted to get something off their chest and they were legitimately angry but it was, you know, it was about dating. It was about some guy, you know, was uh, slept with my girlfriend. So you're really angry at the time, but the next day at that age, you're dating someone else. So it wasn't life-changing issues. We never were serious. It was always just the circus. And, uh, but no, I never knew what was going on. And it made it in a sense easier for me, but it made me more alert while it was going on. Oh yeah. When you when you hear when, like okay, so for instance, like I'm a bit of a sarcastic person, uh, and whenever there's a little scuffle, whenever there's a little scuffle during an NBA game, if I'm calling the game, I just start going, Jerry, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> I've heard you do that. I've yes. Heard you do that. So like, and, and there's some people that get it. There's some people that don't. But it's it's. All I know is that when I start doing that, there are millions of people that are triggered. Like what it like triggered in like a positive memory, like funny story way. Like, does that still kind of like tickle you that all of a sudden just like your name and your name chanting is synonymous with like, you know, fights or like yeah. scuffles. I don't want to say fights. I want to say like scuffles. Yeah. Scuffles. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two mix-ups. I have two memories of that. Uh and this was just a couple of years ago. I go to Yankee Stadium. They were playing the Orioles and there was a bench clearing brawl on the Jumbotron, a Jumbotron. The camera spotted me in the crowd. They put me on the Jumbotron. And while the guys are fighting, the um, 48,000 people start chanting, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. God. And that was one time. And the other time, which was my favorite, uh, it was uh, 2004. And I was, at, uh, I was at the Democratic Convention in Boston. And it was, the, it was the Sunday night before the first day of the convention. And I was giving a speech um, to a, 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 oh, the Young Democrats. Okay. And when I finished and went out across the street was Fenway Park. And this was 2004, and they were playing a night game. They were hosting the Yankees. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, oh. So <laughs> I go up uh, to the stadium, and it's uh, where the outfield was, and there's a gate there, and the, the cops there uh, saw me, and I say, are they still selling tickets or whatever? And the guy said, come on in. You know, I'm just, you know, you want to just come on in with me. Come on in, yeah, so ahead. Yeah. So I walk Bad in ass. with him. Okay. So now he's walking me to a seat down in the first level. And as I'm walking there, people see me and they start going, Jerry, Jerry. Well, 
in the first row behind the Red Sox dugout is John Kerry, the nominee. He oh. thinks they're chanting Kerry, Kerry. <laughs> so he stands up and starts waving and they boo him. Oh. <laughs> and, then, like, and, then he, yeah, and then he saw me and a couple of nights later uh, at the convention. He, he and he, he, under, he, he understood. He, yeah, he ripped me about that. Did he? You know, that is that is so odd. Like again, like that's my favorite thing to do is just like whenever because no one fights. It, like the NBA fights are very similar to the fights in yours. Like of all the scuffles, there might be I don't know a hundred scuffles. There might be one actual punch thrown during an NBA season. It's very very rare because guys don't want to lose money. So basically, to me, they just remind me of of a of a Jerry Springer fight. That's yeah, it. it's it's wrestling. It's trying to it's get down on the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just See, he used to hem people up though. Yeah, the little the little guest. He used oh, to oh. grab them and just be tucked in like this. He's like, man, calm down. Calm yeah, down. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Jerry, I, I I'm sorry. I like we we do have like probably like five or six actual consistent fans that come on here. What the fuck do you have on your face, Channing? What these? No, yeah, I get no, the goatee, the goatee. I get I get headaches now because I'm on the screen so long and I have to do two more podcasts after this and I have to do Zoom so calls for one. What do you call those glasses? It's for the, the yellow blue light? The UV things. Yeah, they're cheap. They're just so I don't get headaches. Oh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't actually wear glasses? Uh, I have to go get my eyes checked next <laughs> week. But yeah, I, maybe the, maybe yeah, the headaches are coming worse. Jerry, maybe that the is headaches. Your- that's your official welcome to road tripping moment. Every yeah. every episode, these two have to have their moment. I just I, we just, we just yeah. ignored the fact that like Channing just was wearing some clear glasses for the first they're, time. They're like thirty bucks, and they're they're great. I don't get headaches. From how many more, How many payments do you still have left? <laughs> <laughs> At least three. Okay, and Derek's been killing me. Daddy, you got Jerry Springer talking shit to you. Like, think about that. <laughs> I'm so happy. I need <laughs> okay. tips from Derek. Oh, okay, I, I want to get back to something that you said about. Okay, so like you were talking to the young Democrats, um, and you were a politician. Like, Ali did not know this. Ali did not know this. She's doing her prep. So we were talking before, and I remember when you had to go testify in front of Congress. I pay attention to a lot of random things, especially growing up. And that's when I saw that. I That's when someone was like, oh, or upon like kind of reading it, whatever it was, they were like, yeah, the, the politicians didn't know about your background as like a news anchor, your back, your legal history, your background as a politician, which means that they weren't prepared because you kind of came on and let's just say that round went to Jerry, not to Congress. Oh, are you talking about when I... Like in the nineties. In the nineties. Oh, okay. Yes, in, in the nineties, I was called by the um, Chicago City Council. Yeah. Because the we were taping the show in Chicago, and the city council there, the councilman there, oh, yeah. uh, they they wanted to ban our show, which of course is absurd, because this is America, yeah. and a local city council has no authority over free speech. Yes. The FCC could step in and decide something, but 
you know, you can't have every city council making a decision what show is allowed to be on and, and what not, particularly when it's nationally televised. So obviously they had no grounds for being on. But anyway, they brought me and they televised the hearings yeah. on all the cable networks live. Mm -hmm. And the council was trying to get me to admit that the fights were fake. So and we were using Chicago cops as the security. So that was their hook. And they want to know if the fights weren't fake, why the Chicago cops weren't arresting these people for assault. So oh, I would either, they wanted to put me in the position of either having to say it was fake and that would destroy the show or say it's real and then the cops would be fired for not doing their jobs. So they, they really thought they had me. And I was concerned when I was called up and I saw all those cameras there that this was a hearing that was being covered. So I brought my buddy with me and I said, you sit next to me and you pretend you're my lawyer. And you know, when they're hearings and they always have, you know, these big, uh, these big, uh, when there's testimony, the guy always leans over and whispers <laughs> to his attorney. So I said, every once in a while, I'm gonna lean over and I'm gonna go, bah, 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 bah. I'm not gonna say anything, but it's gonna look real. They yeah. then show a video of this incredible fight on our show. And this was the moment. So they say, Mr. Springer, you're under oath, right? Yep. This fight that we just all saw now, is that real or is it fake? And the whole future of my show depends on this. And so what I, I, what I said was, well, it looks real to me, which of course, Dodges the question. It dodges the question. But of course, it's the truth. Yeah. In other words, the truth is the fights are real. Yeah. Uh, but how do I know if these people, when they're on television, are embellishing it? Hey, let's make this a really good one. How do I know what the intent is when he's throwing a punch? There's yeah, no we way we can know. So yeah, and so, then and, and, and then and, they dismissed they dismissed the hearing. That was the 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 hearing I think you're talking about. Yeah, that was uh, yes. They tried, me, that was, yeah. they tried to cancel the show and on the fact that uh, the fights, but the fights, yeah. If, if you went to the show and sat in the audience, and we had a lot of NBA players uh, that came to the show to watch it because you guys play at night and the yeah. show was at the day. So when you're in Chicago, you're looking for something to do during the day. You came and sat in the audience. So I kid you not. I had one of my teammates. I don't remember who it was. I think it might have maybe it was Carrie Kittle or somebody was like he got on the bus. He got on the bus like going to the game and we you just say, oh, what do you do? You know, after shooting, I was like, yo, I went to go see like the Springer show. And, and I'm, I'll never forget it because I was so mad that he didn't tell anybody and that he didn't invite <laughs> anybody else. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh no, one of my buddies works on the show. And so that's how the whole thing got started. But I, I just remember him going and just, you know, so you're right. Guys used to, you know, the middle of the day, it's either that or oh, watch yeah. like Seinfeld reruns. And with Chicago, you have all the pro teams. So we had the Bulls, we had the Bears, we had the Cubs and the so uh, White Sox. Who did you ever like see in the crowd the as, a, as an athlete? And we're like, oh, wow. Oh, the moment? they were. Yeah, they were. I mean, like the entire Bulls team was there. Um, a lot of the a lot of the visiting players were there. I mean, it was regularly, I, I'd say during the season, 
more often than not, there were some of the ball players uh, or some of the athletes, okay. yeah, in, in the crowd. So it wasn't it wasn't unique. Like uh, the Bulls, where they were all. I mean, Dennis Rodman. Uh, oh, he for sure. <laughs> uh, he could have been a contestant. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Ron Harper, and I mean, yeah, they, they were. All the guys came. That was kind of a normal thing to do in Chicago daytime. Yeah, but Rich, but before it, you got on here, we were talking to him. Uh, he mentioned that he grew up in New York, so he's actually a Knicks fan. Oh yes, I'm uh, doing the Knicks game on 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 Sunday. It's going to be great. They hate me. They all hate me. Every single oh, one of them. Yeah, yeah, but you know we can get over it. Okay, okay, yeah. we can get over it. Yeah, yeah. well, what's we'll that? This be no. I yeah, I grew up in uh, I grew up in New York, and uh, but I when I was a kid, I was born in the '40s, but in the '50s. Uh, my favorite play, my fa- my first autograph of all time was Sweetwater Clifton. Oh, played, wow. And he was yeah. the first African-American uh, to, to play in the NBA. He had been with the Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. And the discrimination was so unbelievable then that here he was six foot eight, clearly the best athlete on the team. And he was forced to only take two hand set shots from the perimeter. They didn't want him dominating under the, uh, under the boards. Yeah. And he had these huge hands. When he played for the gold, uh, gold uh, Globetrotters, Globetrotters, his whole thing was you know, holding the ball in one hand and, and doing all this kind of stuff. Well, uh, so he was just this great athlete, but he just stood there, they passed the ball and he'd take two-handed set shots, which just looked, it was not that a set shot, is, <laughs> demeaning but back then it was so clear uh what his role was was he wound be up good, but don't be too good it's like be good but don't be <laughs> yes. too good you yep. can come yep. here and play you can do this but if you go down there and you're too good then they're probably going to get you out of here that type it, of stuff exactly we don't want to antagonize the fans and all that kind of thing it was just horrific he uh he wound up being a cab driver in chicago He died a few years ago. I mean, he was in his 60s, but he was a a cab driver for a bunch of years. And people didn't even, you know, they didn't even know him. Yeah. And do you watch a lot of basketball now? uh, Not so much now. Uh, Yeah, not so much now, just because you're not missing anything. Yeah. You're not you're not missing anything. There's a lot of scoring, not a lot of defense. And and look, you were in Chicago. What has Chicago ever been greater than the 90s? It was you, oh. it was Oprah, it was it was the Bulls. It was like, was there ever a greater time to be? Was there ever a better decade to be in a city than when you guys were just rushing like Chicago was owning America in the uh, 90s? Well, various cities have had their uh moments but clearly that was the chicago era i agree but it, the truth is the bulls made it yeah uh the bulls were everything i mean michael jordan was god and it was just uh the whole town was just crazy about it and luckily i you know i was lucky i had seasons tickets and it, it was just great i mean it became the thing you wanted to do and even people that weren't crazy about basketball it was just you know yeah it was perfect yeah and to do to win the championship year after year and now of course boston had it back in the 60s mm-hmm. and uh 
in basketball, New York never had it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we had, we had, uh, I guess, two NBA championships. Yeah. yeah but I, re- but, but I remember the, the old time Knicks. We had Ray Felix as center, Harry Gallatin, Carl Braun, uh, uh, Kenny Sears, Willie Knowles. See, that's, that's way before our time, Jerry. I know, I know. I, I consider myself a, a semi-basketball historian, like not because I like I, I grew up loving the older part of the game, like the Dr. J's and knowing about the history, like Sweetwater Clifton and guys like that. But yeah, you just reeled off like five guys that I have no idea. Oh, and OK. I, yeah. I, no, I'm saying I feel bad. I was like, I got to go and and refresh my and refresh my history. Yeah, well, it was- what I did yesterday. Is that what you did, Shane? I hate those glasses, by the way, so much on you. And it's like they're not it's perspective. Sucks. Oh, poor Richard. Uh, let's dive, Richard. Let's dive into yeah. why Jerry doesn't watch a lot of basketball because he is working and he is in Florida because they begin the show. Uh, oh, correct. He wanted to be with his people. With Judge Jerry, season three got picked he, up. Yes, but we're going to do, we do that in Connecticut. That's no, in Connecticut I live here, but I fly up there. Okay, so your last time. I fly up there on Sundays, and, and the way we do it is we tape every other week because each week we tape, I do 35 cases. Whoa. The week that I don't tape, they send me the 35 cases so I can research it because <clears throat> these people come from all different states in the union. So I have to apply the laws of the state that they're from to the case that they're bringing. And oh, so that's, it's vicious. a lot of, honestly, my work is in, on the off week when I have to research it. And this is where I was like, wow, <coughs> because I learned that you were a lawyer and then obviously a former mayor. And that's what they say when I was reading the bio. That's why you guys like to say that at the start of the show. Um, so people understand that you love the law and you love learning about the cases. And so they are real cases, right? Oh yeah, they, but that's true of all the court shows. Uh, they are real cases and whatever decision I make, they can't then appeal it to a court of common pleas. You know, the decision is fine. The verdict is final. So I can mess around a little bit during the trial, making some jokes here and there. But when I make a decision, I have to be serious because it's affecting these people's lives. Admittedly, it's small claims. But if they're bringing the suit, they're really angry about something oh, yeah. because they're not going to become millionaires with this. It's and they have no idea they're going to appear on television. Wait, wait because, so how does yeah, that they work? Don't, well, uh, the, each producer is assigned two states in the union. And every morning the producer gets up, goes to his or her computer, and they look at every case that has been filed in their two states the day before in small claims. And if it's a interesting case they call the plaintiff and they call the defendant and say would you like to have your case adjudicated on national television with me as the judge if they say yes we fly him to uh, connecticut then and, and there we go so no one files a suit because oh i'm going to get on television so when they file a suit if you're filing in small claims you know the person's angry otherwise why do it why go through all that yeah yeah. So that's, so that's good. I, I did not know that was the process. It's like, hey, I'm going to take you to Jerry. That's not it is. Your producers are looking through cases. If there's something that pops up interesting, then you guys do it. But yeah, small claims court is 
that's that's a very vindictive place to be when you're in small claims court. It's a very I don't want to say petty is not yeah, the right yeah. word. It's a very vindictive. But it, 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 it's really personal. In other words, yes. it's not a big corporation filing a suit because of a patent or something like that. This is because you wrecked my car. I let you borrow it. And, and you know, and you're going to pay for the damages or, you know, uh, you stole this from me or I loaned you money and now you're not paying me back. You know, you ghosted me, all this kind of stuff. Oh, so, you see sad, do you see some sad stuff? Look at, look at Jerry talking about ghosts. Do you see some sad stuff? Like you see like mom trying I to get like $800. So, I oh, am no. so hip. <laughs> is that, is that what we say today? Hip? Yeah, <laughs> yes. The ghost, once you said ghost, it was great. Yeah. But the hip, the only thing hip about me is a replacement. Oh. <laughs> that's what happens when you're my age <laughs> oh jerry i want to florida so it i want to be i can't yeah. see, i i want to be your intern jerry so bad i just want to oh. come be an intern would, but i'm not jerry good. no you don't no you don't <laughs> you don't want no parts of richard yeah. uh jerry oh, what's guys are great. How this is so you, much fun how much Pardon? do you love judge jerry versus the jerry springer show well the, the, the judge jerry is is certainly more challenging. I mean, you know, I, I enjoy it because it's probably the only job I ever had that I was trained for. You, know, with <laughs> you actually have to prepare for it. <laughs> yeah, well, every job I've ever had, except being mayor, obviously I had to run for that, but I never had to apply for a job. I, that's how lucky I've been because I was recruited out of law school to join the law firm. Uh, I went to work for Bobby Kennedy. That was my first job out of law Ooh. school. And, uh, but that, obviously only lasted about four months because he was, you know, killed. Um, and, and so I didn't apply for that. And then after I was mayor, NBC came during my last year as mayor and said, you're, you know, you know, the city of Cincinnati, you've been the mayor and on council for 10 years. So how about anchoring our news? So then for 10 years, I was anchoring their news. Then NBC, that same company that owned the station that I did the news on, the NBC affiliate, they also owned Phil Donahue, Sally, Jess, Raphael. Well, Phil Donahue was retiring. So they took me to lunch one day and said, we're starting another talk show, Phil's retiring, and you're gonna host it. So I was assigned to it as an employee. And they adjusted my salary, et cetera, and stuff like that. But I had no, I didn't try out for it. I didn't audition. There was nothing like that. I was assigned. And then suddenly the show took off. and. Then I got all these other opportunities in life. So I've lived a privileged, totally lucky life. I must have been really bad in the last life. In other words, <laughs> I, I must have really no. suffered, suffered but, in the last life, or I'm going to pay in the next life. And I'm concerned because I burn real easy. <laughs> where I'm going, man. They don't have enough lotion to walk. To no. Oh, and what's so crazy is that, like, growing up. It was, it was, it was weird because it was Phil Donahue, which he had, a, he had a fight. I think he had, he had a pretty, what was it? Then there was Geraldo, there was Sally Jesse. I remember Richard Bay. Like there were like yeah. all of these like, day, yeah, yeah. There were all of these like daytime talk shows. But then, and again, you showed up when Donahue retired. But when you showed up, everything that we had ever watched before was different. It was yeah. like once, once you showed, and it was, but it was, it was funny. It was more entertainment. It was, it was, it was different, but 
I want to ask you this question because you have been in political office, because you have been wa- watching this Bobby Kennedy, like you worked with Bobby Kennedy before he passed, like, I want to say passed before he was murdered yeah. and assassinated, but like, w- like, we're not going to get into politics, but like, what do you think of the state? You've been watching the politics since the sixties. And now, you know, you ran for office in, was in the late eighties? Uh, I became mayor in 77. In but 77. I, but I was elected to council in 71. So all through the 70s, I was in politics. In 82, I ran for governor of Ohio. Okay. Uh, just as a, I mean, I, I really had no chance. It was a close race, but I, I really didn't have a chance. I wasn't known outside of Cincinnati. I remember going up to Cleveland, which is at the northern tip of Ohio. Cincinnati is the southern tip. And I'm up in Cleveland and I gave a speech there and I said, if I'm elected, we're going to turn this state around. Then you'll be next to Kentucky. And, oh. oh, man, did I get crap for that? <laughs> so yeah. well, we actually had a we actually had a, a guest send in a question. Dustin Sheets, he said, will you run for Ohio governor in 2022? <laughs> uh, I am today announcing my candidacy for the office of uh, no. That was a good Kennedy right there. That was a good Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, no, I, I, I'm too old. I mean, you know, it's the younger generation needs to be doing this. It's, you know, they're going to inherit the world now. And, and they, you know, there are a lot of talented people that, no, I'm not going to do that. But uh, I, I loved it when I was doing it. I mean, uh, it's still my passion. In other words, show business turned out to be the way I make a living. I thought it would be as a lawyer, but it turned out to be show business. It just happened. Uh, but I always knew my politics would be like religion. That's, that's something I believe in. And I would never want to make a living doing something like that. If you have to make your living being in politics, then you are going to be at least intellectually dishonest. Because if putting food on the table for your family is dependent on you winning the next election, what won't you say? What won't you do? And I think that's what's so for so long is they start compromising their values. They start, you know, giving up on things they use that they got them into politics in the first place. So I always wanted my politics to be pure. I always knew that I would do this as a young man and then you know, when I had a family, I would go out and f- make a living. As I said, I thought it would be as a lawyer, not showbiz. But this is how it turned out. And I'm happy. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people are happy, Jerry. A lot of people oh, are You're a good guy. Um, Jerry, can we educate my guys on something? Because we do have a little connection. You know the state of Ohio, just like I do. Um, and Skyline Chili has its... Oh, it's great. Being what is in Skyline Cincinnati, Chili? Carson Merck wants to know your go-to order at Skyline. Three-way. Three-way. <laughs> <laughs> that is a real. That is a real thing on the menu, you guys. What is it that? Really is, is that like two types it really, of cheese it really and is. onions and sour in cream? Fact, in fact, there was a case in Cincinnati. Three-way is when you have the, uh, the, spaghetti? the spaghetti, the chili, and the cheese. And the cheese. Yeah, a four-way. I think they had onions, and the five-way is with beans or something yeah. like that. But a three-way, that's a three-way. Well, this guy gets picked up on a driving by late at night uh, to pick up a hooker. And uh, and he says, you know, hey, uh, how much is a three-way? And his defense in court was he was, he thought he was ordering chili. He (laughs) thought he was selling chili. (laughs) 
which Did in Cincinnati, here. Did it work? Good. Did it work? Uh, no. Sorry, Channing. Sorry, Channing. Yeah. You can't use that as a defense, Channing, next time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it won't work. Just say, when you're asking for it, make sure there's a chili parlor close by. Then it could work. <laughs> then it can work a three way. Okay. So I got it. I got to I got to try. So Skyline Chili is in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now W-K-R-P. you can get it in other places, but it's you Southern. I'll get it in other places because Cincinnatians live. For example, they have, uh, you can get it in, in, in places in Florida. Okay. Well, wow. I, I'm headed and, to and Florida. And there are other, there are other uh, places are too. Where, yeah. But most people who love chili, they think what we have in Cincinnati is absurd. I mean, it's all sweet. It's cinnamon. It, I mean, it's, it's not hardcore chili. You know, so a, a guy from Texas would just laugh us out of the room if we talk but, about it. But Ali, but, but Ali, so back up, Ali. Is it really good, chat? Is it really good chili? 1,000%. The best thing oh, about it you. is it's on the go. Thank you, Ali. It's on the Let's go. Hit. It's quick. It has spaghetti. It has substance. It has spaghetti and chili? Spaghetti and chili? You have yes. to get the three-way, and sometimes you get the little hot dogs on the side. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so basically, y'all just just monopolized the struggle meal. Where it's like, what do we got? We got a little spaghetti. We got some ground beef. We got some hot dogs. It's a good hangover meal. It's a good hangover meal. Yeah, you're in Cincinnati. Okay. You've got to have a hangover. All right, yeah, Cincinnati be- people, we need to know about this skyline, the skyline chili. Uh, we got to figure this out. And there's Grater's ice cream. Ooh. Oh yeah. Never had graders. What was the one in oh in Cleveland yeah. that was big? Mitchell's. Mitchell's. Mitchell's yeah. was a so lot of Mitchell's. Good. Mitchell's was pretty good. Yeah. I think it was only I think it was good because it was a, a an Ohio thing, like a Cleveland, Ohio thing. What's so not think, good from Ohio? Um I can think of a lot of things, but we're just gonna yeah. we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna yeah. keep it here. We're gonna we're gonna keep it here. Okay, so. we have another one. What's the next one? Baller 24813. Have you guys ever had a have you guys ever had a Jerry Springer moment in your life out of a TV show type? So maybe this could be for Channing and Richard too. Do you guys ever have a Jerry Springer moment? <laughs> oh, this is great. You, yeah, go. Whole, I, I did. This whole I, appearance of mine could be tax deductible because I could say I was recruiting guests. Yes, go yes, ahead. this is uh, what was a Jerry? I didn't personally have a Jerry Springer moment, but let's. The, I'm going to tell this story. I don't know if I should. Of be course, there. it's I, a I friend should. of yours. It's no, no, this was not me. Yours. This was yeah, not, me. not me. There was yeah. not. There was not me. So there. No, I can't even tell this story. I can't. What? It was. It was one of the ranch. It was one of the ranch story days. I can't tell this story. You have to tell it, and then we'll edit it if we have to. Okay. No, we're gonna. If we're gonna tell this story, we're definitely. We're definitely gonna edit it. So. Um, so well, basically, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, I just was like, what's the most Jerry Springer. And I'm like, that is a Jerry Springer story. Okay. In the, in the effort of Jerry Springer. So we used to have this house that we lived in, in San Diego, me and a bunch of my buddies and it was a big house. And so there, people had rooms, but there was one particular, like we had like two rooms that like, were like for guests. So one of my friends, one of my teammates came, um, he stayed in a room. He met this young lady. They had hooked up, whatever, nothing crazy. And um, the next night we were all out like hanging out again. And so his friend had come in town. So his friend had gone to pass out in that same room. So he had been texting this young lady um, that that he, he had spent time with the night before and was like, yeah, just come, blah, blah, blah. 
So she gets there late at night. Oh, I can she, see where this is going. <laughs> she gets here late at night. Now, mind you, my butt, the guy is like hanging out with some other girls, whatever. But his buddy had passed out in the bed. So this girl comes in and she like gets into bed thinking it's him. Now, they did not like they did not have sex, but they started hooking up and they started doing things. And then she kind of like realized that it wasn't him. And he didn't know. He just thought like he the, the guy that was there was kind of like he felt like he was the innocent bystander here, like like he was being attacked. And so the next morning when it's all like figured out, the girls that like my buddy had like met that night and the girl that that had like showed up the next day, they get into this huge fight at my house over the guy. And my, and my boy is sitting here just not encouraging it, but he's kind of playing the Jerry Springer role where he's like, so what do you guys think? And, and just asking questions. And these <laughs> girls are like arguing back and forth. And I'm sitting here like, oh, oh my life is over. Like what if this ever gets yeah. out and now I'm telling it on a podcast. But that was probably the most Jerry Springer moment where that I is, was like. That, that legitimately would have made the show. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have said? What would have been your, what would have been your thoughts? Um, the jokes you would have made. <laughs> do we have the video? Roll the video. <laughs> roll, roll the video. <laughs> no video. No video. No, no video. And it was like you you felt like, listen, you felt bad for the girl because you understand how the mistake made. It was a super, super dark room. She's coming over after a Friday night out or a Saturday night oh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you understand the mistake. And, you know, yeah. but it was like all of a sudden you're like, she realized it and the guy then starts freaking out because then she realizes like what's going on and she's freaking out. So it's like, like everything is, it was I mean, just no, no one was the bad guy here. No. no. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It, uh, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> you see? Channing, did you ever have a moment? Uh, yeah, you did. I mean, yeah, you did. I mean, yeah, but so he's my not story Ch- Ch- like, huh? Ch- no, no, my story's not as bad. So it was like, okay, so there was this, one of our friends in college had a girlfriend who was not at that college, right? And they were both doing their own thing, but never told each other. So they were like, oh, this is my girlfriend. But both of them were kind of like seeing other people around. So like yeah. when she would come up, he would act like she was my girlfriend, whatever. And then when he would go down there to go visit her, she'd be like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. But they both had boyfriends and girlfriends on the other side. So... One time, you know, us, we go hang out down in college, down at ASU, and we're out somewhere, and a girl sees my guy with another girl and comes over, and they're at the other table. So my friend, this girl he's talking to, which is his girlfriend from Tucson, is now at another table with the girl, with his girlfriend from ASU with her boyfriend. And they look at each other, and they go... And then literally, that was it. I was like, okay, don't, I said, don't make it weird. It's Saturday. We have a great day. They yeah. sat and chopped it up and it became nothing. And they were just like, well, I knew what was happening. And they were like, you know, oh, I knew what was happening. Oh, so, so they had some drinks and kept, kept going. That's a happy, that's a happy, it was happy. But I was like, hey, yo, we can't be, I said, listen. I said, hold on. You can't be acting crazy. And plus her boyfriend was a little bit bigger than him. Yeah, there's a story. We're not not in. We're not in Tucson. I said we're not in Tucson. I said, look, look, I'm not a fighter. 
I'm not a fighter. You see these hands? Yeah. They're soft. I'm not ready to punter. take punter. for you. Kidding is a punter. Yeah, I'm a punter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a punter. Don't hit me. I only have the crossbar. One bar from my helmet. Yeah. But I was shocked. They end up like, he was a little, he was salty, but he chopped it up. You know, and he was like, you know, it it's, is it's easy. It is. It's easy. To, it's easy to. It's easy to suck it up when the the new guy is bigger than you. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm so upset, but nice to meet you. This guy sucks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad. Allie, tell us your Jerry Springer. I don't have a Jerry Springer moment. Yeah. Oh, like, your the hoedowns in Van Wert. Tell us about like when somebody stole your your sheep. Somebody, de some tried somebody definitely tried to marry a sheep in Van Worth, Ohio. For sure. Jerry, remind them, the only three places people know of Ohio are? Cincinnati, what? Cleveland, and Van Worth. Thank you. <laughs> Is that a real thing? <laughs> no. That's not a real thing. That's not a real thing. We lost Jerry. Jerry's oh, no. out. We lost him. <laughs> oh, wait. How did that happen? There he <laughs> is. Oh, you Jerry's know why? Back. I'm doing this on, a, uh, on my iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Someone called you? And someone called me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They must have so an hour. You are popular. We won't let. We won't take too much more of your time. I just want one more story fine. that maybe we have never heard. No one's ever heard. One of your favorite stories uh, from any time of any kind of work that you've done. Obviously, as we mentioned at the start of this, you're a man that wears many hats. You've got all the experiences. Something that we would love to hear. Funny, hilarious. That we can end oh. this episode with. A story that. Well, I'll tell. Okay. Um, <laughs> I told you before that I was never allowed to know what the show was about. Uh, when, when I, you know, I just held the card and the card had on it the names of the guests, but I never knew what their story was. So I start the show and there's a guy, a 45 year old man or whatever, sitting on the chair on stage. And I go uh, here, let's say his name's Bob. Bob, welcome to the show. What's going on? And he says, well, I'm having trouble with the neighbors. What's, what's the problem? They don't like my wife. Well, what's wrong with your wife? Nothing. She keeps to herself. She's quiet, whatever. Well, this is boring. So I look at the next name. Okay, well, let's meet your wife. Here's Pixel. And then out Pixel. comes this horse. <laughs> now, I'm thinking, the crowd goes crazy, but I'm thinking that what any, I would think normal person would think, that poor Pixel fell off her horse, that she must have been backstage she got on the horse and fell off. So I said, stop the cameras, is she okay? And my producer is screaming at me, no, that's his wife. <laughs> he no. had married his horse. He lived in Branson, Missouri, about, about 50 miles or 20 miles outside of Branson, Missouri. And we even went to his house with the cameras when they showed the clips then the hallways inside his house were extra wide uh, because the horse lived inside. Pixel lived inside the house with him. I knew they, it was going to be an animal. They, they had a marriage, yeah. And on stage, when Bob was sitting in the chair, Pixel was to my left. And whenever I stood in between them in their line of sight, <coughs> Pixel would nudge me out of the way. <laughs> it was really weird. Pixel had to keep his eyes on Bob. Well, we That's did a, a follow-up show because Pixel yeah, left. Yeah, that needs a that needs a follow-up. That definitely needs a follow-up show. Well, we did. Pixel left him. 
Okay. All right. That's what happens when you leave the door open. Yeah. When you leave the door, when you leave the, door, he just door. he 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 couldn't <laughs> compete with the the past men that that picked the other horses that Pixel had dated. Whoa! Yeah. But I had Whoa, no... Richard. I missed, I missed it. I missed it. What did he say? I had to. I had. Okay, that's enough. Did that's Jerry enough. hear it? Yeah. I feel like Jerry didn't hear it. No, Jerry. Well, I, I I said that I said that the guests couldn't compete uh with the past horses that that pixel had dated yeah yeah well pixel said something about he was hung like a man i don't know what that meant oh. <laughs> and on that note that on right that there note. is why jerry's we're out of one jerry that's great this Thank has been a so highlight. Much. We've done hundreds of episodes and this has been one of the greatest highlights of all time. This is so oh, awesome. You're, you're such a nice guy. Thank you guys. No kidding. Thank you. Both, right, both thank, you. Of you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Another edition thank of you. Road Trip. Bye-bye. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win.